This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 636. Make sure you check out the previous episodes at MarkingOut.com. Also on Spotify and wherever else you may be listening to the podcast. Give us a follow on uh, Instagram, MarkingOut11. On Twitter, MarkingOut. Give us a like on Facebook, and also Twitch, TikTok, and also YouTube. Individually, you can check us out at DavidPTDPT over on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out Brandon at BTTG161, and also Chris at ChrisSweenDog, a.k.a. CMSweeney85. But... This is episode 636. That is right. I actually remember to say the number of the episode, so I'm going to say it twice. But that being said, I am Dave the Rave, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing good. How about this weather? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's, uh, I... Opened the window the other day to try to get a breeze, and there was no breeze. It was just hot weather. Tyler was not present. No. Hmm. That's... All right, all right. I know. It's getting to that, that point in the seasons, I guess. I don't know. Is it... It's not supposed to be like that. What? It's not supposed to be this hot so... Uh, this early. I mean, it's not super hot. I mean, it's it was in the 80s today. It hit 83 or higher. They not, were predicting that it was even going to be close to 90. Where well, 87. It, I mean, it was not anywhere close to the 80s here. Yeah. Not it was 83 here. earlier today. Not here at all. Maybe where you live. Your car is busted, brother. The car? Or whatever. Who was telling you your temperature? Was it the phone? Uh, the news? Yeah, dude, it's a high of 82. T- it's a high of 82 today. That's weird. Yeah, not here. Yeah. Were you, were you looking in New York? Or I just, were you in Orlando? Or? I just I just pulled it up on, on the cell phone for, for Merrick. Interesting. And it said uh, around like one, around two o'clock, it was a high of 82. Yeah, that's so, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it is getting hot out of there, which means you got to stay cool in there. Turn on that AC. Is it time to turn on the AC? Crank it? Yesterday, the AC was turned on. There you go. There you go. Cranking that AC. Talking about cranking ACs, how was your week? <laughs> well, I didn't go to AC. My friends went to AC. There you go. I wish there I went go. to AC. Even though AC's a dump, no yeah. offense to anybody who's there or from there no, or no, lives there. No, be, be offended. It's a I, I just I I would have I'd like to go to Atlantic City for the drive because on the drive you get to get Cracker Barrel. I it's I'm sorry, AC is not worth it. Well, Cracker Barrel I think is always worth it, and you could go to see Lucy the Elephant there, and I think that's a cool thing. Lucy the Elephant. Yeah. Who's that? 
I don't know if I would say who rather than what. It's the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, roadside attraction in the United States. Huh. Over in Margate City, which is like literally right outside of Atlantic City. Okay. And there were three elephants, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. One of them was Lucy in Atlantic City. One was in Coney Island, and I forget where the other one was. But I think the other two ones, uh, they burned down, if, I, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. One was Elef- Elephantine Colossus in Coney Island. Okay. And then one was in Cape May called Light of Asia. Huh. Elephantine, which is definitely not the correct pronunciation. <laughs> Was 1885 to 1896. Light of Asia was 1884 to 1900. And then, uh, oh, there's one called Prospectus for the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition. That's interesting. That was in Chicago. Yeah, I I can't say that there's anything I would want to really see in Atlantic City. I think it's a, a nice historical town. There's not really much to do there other than gamble and drink, I guess. But It's dangerous, in my opinion. I don't think it's dangerous. I mean... I I've, I think it's dangerous from what I saw. I've walked I'm, the boardwalk at night by myself. Yeah, I ran it. Because <laughs> you were scared? Yeah. That's a, the very yeah. first time when I... Went to Atlantic City by myself with my friend. We went 2011. In, it might have been like March 1st, 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were on the boardwalk and somebody asked if I was Action Bronson. Huh. So that was the very first time I had gotten, like, quote-unquote mistaken for Action Bronson. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I... Mohegan Sun. What a Mohegan Sun. I've never been there, but it seems better. Mohegan Sun is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I've never stayed at Mohegan Sun because it's, like, super expensive, but uh-huh. it's so nice there. They have the Wolf Den there where they do free concerts. Mm-hmm. I've never caught a free concert there because the only time I've been to Mohegan Sun was for either Taylor Swift or the Eagles or Glenn Campbell and Ronnie Millsap. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. But how was your week? My week was great, and I'll tell you, I was so excited to catch up on wrestling this week because I wanted to see exactly what was going to take place following last week's Monday Night Raw. So let's get into it, talk Uh, about some pro wrestling. I I didn't even get a a chance to speak about my week just yet. How was it? It was good? (laughs) It was good. Was it good? It was good, yeah. I ended up grilling because this weather is so nice. Okay. I made tell me burgers. More. I know some, you want to tell me more. Yeah, I what made else? burgers and uh, some andu- chicken andouille sausage, which I, I've i never had andouille sausage. Typically, it's pork, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they're just like a spicy sausage. I think the burgers were good, but they weren't my best. Mm-hmm. I also had a chocolate Easter bunny that you could see on TikTok. I know you plugged it before, at Marking Out on TikTok. Yes, check him out with his unwrapping of candy series. <laughs> and then if I, you want to see Brandon unwrap random candy, oh go ahead, check out TikTok. And then I also made meat sauce and a baked ziti, which I used fresh mozzarella and block mozzarella. So, and I layered it like a lasagna. That was good. Mm-hmm. 
But outside of that, uh, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Yeah, and Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Opening Kicking up. off <laughs> with Ray Mysterio Jr. And he spoke about how last week it should have been a lot better with the Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, etc. And then he ends up facing Dominic. And Dominic came out, he's like, well, Dominic had some trouble here, but he meant to say, keep my name out of your mouth, basically. Yeah, he had, like, two struggling points. Yeah, but like last week, I thought it was just absolute incredible heat for Dominic. I mean, if anything, if him making those mistakes, guess what? Gets even more heat. So it kind of, like, plays into it, because now the fans are going to even bash him even further, and guess what? Perfect. Roll with it. Yeah, right? and he spoke about Bad Bunny getting involved last week, and Ray said Bad Bunny's going to be back. So I think it likely sets up a tag match at Backlash. Mm-hmm. And then Rey Mysterio challenged Dominic to have a Wrestle, WrestleMania rematch, and Dominic said no, but brought Finn Balor out to face Rey Mysterio instead. Balor picks up the victory. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of nothing happened in this match. It felt like a lot of commercial breaks. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with you with the commercial break-wise. It definitely felt like it was a bit prolonged with that. Like a lot of commercial breaks. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to make up for the uh, no commercial break, commercial break. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. First hour last week. But Dominic tried to use a chair here, and Ray knocks him off the apron he did use the chair a bit after that, though. And really, that was the end of that match. Yeah. We were supposed to see Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez challenge Becky Lynch and Lita for the Women's Tag Team Championships, but Lita was attacked backstage. She didn't see who did it. She didn't seem to attack either, but it was... Uh... It was Trish who stepped in to defend the titles with Becky Lynch. And then Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan picked up the victory over Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch to become the new tag team champions. Now, I got to... They said the last time a a Hall of Famer was tag team champion Uh defending the title on Monday Night Raw was 2008, I think they said, with Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. That's a well, weird that tag cool. team. Yeah, I, that was like a, a weird... What? Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah. What year was this? 2008. The hell? <laughs> yeah. I don't I, even I remember to, that. I happen to like that tag team because Piper, I thought it was cool that he was tag team champion then. Yeah, I don't even remember that. But the, I mean... the match was going on itself. I thought uh, the top rope Hurricane Rana spot from Trish was like the craziest spot in this match given how much trust that it had to have taken with Uh that uh the tower of doom spot i didn't really get because it just made trish and becky lynch to me look bad because it took so much time to they were just standing there i guess that's probably on raquel but they were just standing there and then the diamond dust that raquel um i guess hit it looked like i don't it didn't look like diamond dust it looked like Raquel did the move to Becky Lynch onto Liv Morgan. Yeah. 
but it was Becky Lynch who did the move to Raquel. It okay. So my take on this match is that it was awful. It was it it fell apart big time. So to me, this match was really not good. It had potential in the beginning, but then there were so many spots where the communication was just not there. The communication between Liv Moore, uh, between uh, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch was not there. There was that spot in the turnbuckle where they just weren't communicating. And then Becky Lynch went up to the top turnbuckle to hit a move, and she had to tell Trish Stratus to move uh, the opponent closer to her. And it just, it just, the communication was not there. I think it works all. in their favor for that because they haven't teamed before. So, like, storyline-wise, you could write it off as that. You storyline wise, you can, but I don't. But it, this wasn't, in my opinion, part of storyline. It was just not no communication. It was sloppy. Uh, I, I will say I liked when Raquel Rodriguez pulled Becky Lynch off Liv Morgan with one arm to break up the mm-hmm. pin after the manhandle slam. I liked that. Yeah, yeah Liv, we I saw mean, we saw Liv Morgan duck the chick kick and then pin Stratus. So I thought that was a small, cool thing for Liv. A cool thing. I don't like title victories really being like that too much. No. Especially Trish Stratus. I mean, Hall of Famer going to get small package for the, losing a, cha- a title that's not hers, I guess. But whatever. But yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I mean, you yeah. even said you didn't want to see Liv and Raquel as champions. No. I'm fine with them as champions, though. But I, I do want a lengthy title run, like I said, for don't, don't. Lita and Becky Lynch. I wouldn't have wanted a long title run for them. I think that the bigger thing coming out of this is... Well, I just want the Ra- elevation of the titles. It's. I don't think Trish and Becky are going to do that. Well, no, I didn't say Trish. Lita and Becky. Lita, and of course, yeah. what are you talking about? Becky Lynch is like the top star on the roster, and Lita's a Hall of Famer. Of course, if you continue to do that and have them defend the titles, How of course long? it would elevate the championships. How much longer, though? Well, obviously they weren't going to do it for I mean, any length of time because we had Trish Stratus attack Becky Lynch afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that with all of this, we're going to end up seeing Raquel Gun- Rodriguez uh, attack Liv Morgan at no, the end of the day. No, no, not a chance. You don't think? Not you don't think chance. we're going to have a heel Raquel not out of this? Not a chance. Not, not when they're tag team champions. No, no, not when they lose it. No, we just saw that. Why would they do back-to-back losses like that? I'm not saying back. I would to back. hope for them I think to not do that. I think they'll have a uh, they'll have a short reign. I think that I don't think that they're going to have a long reign. But who, I definitely who can else see. Are, are tag teams in that division? There's almost nobody. I know it's there. Really, is nobody besides? I mean, everybody in the in a women's tag team division is thrown together. They don't have any solid, legit tag teams like the Iconics. Um, but I do see Raquel. I mean, Raquel throughout most of her NXT was a heel portrayal. So I can see Raquel going heel at some point, And I would like to see that too. But we saw at the end of the match, well, at, after everything, as you said, Trish Stratus attacked Becky Lynch. I didn't like the selling of Becky on that first hit. You know, I it to me, it didn't look good on that first hit. And then the... The, I think because um, she was just so close to the ropes. She was very close to the ropes. It's just, I don't know. And I think originally when like those rumors were being discussed, and I was like, I don't want to see a heel Trish Stratus right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fine with it now. 
I'm on board after that on Monday Night Raw. Nah. She, well, the last I mean, time she was heel, it was 2004. It was WrestleMania. When she well, turned. it seems like we'll get Trish versus Becky at SummerSlam. But that doesn't make sense. SummerSlam is so far away. Maybe for the next pay-per-view, you have Lita versus Trish. One more time. I don't know. No. But backlash, next up, you had backstage. May, June, I don't know what's in June. And then I think SummerSlam is uh, July, no, August 5th, I think. I don't know. But next up, you had damage control backstage. July, by the you way, have, is Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. You have Bailey coming out of Adam Pierce's office uh, saying that she is going to have a number one contenders match. While Dakota Kai, Kai and Sky, are left pretty much to dry. And they actually stood up for themselves being like, well, what about us? And then Bailey was just like, okay, I see what you're, I, I get it. Let me see what I could do. I'll talk to Adam. She goes into the office and then everything seemed to work out. Adam Pierce also spoke about the draft. So it seems like through the draft, maybe they'll be separated. Yeah, that was one of the concerns that they kept on bringing up that keeping them together. But next up you had Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed go to a double countout. Um, this matchup, I was surprised by. And the thing that surprised me the most with this matchup was the crowd reaction to both of them. During this entire match, I didn't expect this match to get as loud of a reaction as it did, and the crowds were fully behind it. Yeah. I mean, but there was that, the biggest takeaway from this is Lashley tried to put Bronson Reed away with the, uh, what is it, the Master Lock? The Hurt Lock. The Hurt Lock. He tried to put the Hurt Lock on him, but he couldn't actually get his grasp around Bronson Reed. He also reversed the the spear from Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Obviously got hit with that that spine buster, but when it spilled to the outside, that's when the match basically ended. The 10 count happened, and then they continued to fight. And And the the fans were so, like you said, they were super behind it, which, again, was pretty surprising. Yeah, I was not expecting that, but yeah, that was great. And hopefully it continues because Bronson yes. Reed's great. Yeah. After that, Cody Rhodes came out and he spoke about losing at WrestleMania and how it was his fault. He didn't mention Solo Sokoa, though. Because ultimately it was Solo Sokoa's fault, but he took all the blame and he mentioned how he got advice from a friend named Matt. Obviously... Cardona, not Jackson, about wins and losses and how just being in the main event of WrestleMania alone should be the win. And yeah. Cody disagrees with that. He said wins and losses 100% matter, which they really don't. No. Even AEW stopped caring about that. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge thing until <laughs> like two weeks into it where they stopped caring. Not two weeks. God, it was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. I hate those AEW rankings. Yeah. Because it never made sense. FTR sat on the list for like months without getting a title shot. Mm-hmm. But Cody brings up Brock Lesnar and then merged his promo with UFC and WWE talk in regards to Brock Lesnar. And he's pissed off. He wants Brock Lesnar at Backlash. He did say WrestleMania Backlash, but WWE has announced that it was just Backlash. They didn't say WrestleMania Backlash. 
So was it? Wasn't it WrestleMania backlash like last year or two the, years ago? The last two years or three years. So now it's not WrestleMania backlash. No, now it's just backlash again. Now it's just backlash. Yeah. Huh. But it seems like we're going to see that match take place. Hopefully, Cody comes out on top there. Yeah. Because he'll look super strong with a victory over Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. It'll all fit into play when he wins that Money in the Bank on July 1st. Announces he's cashing in on Monday Night Raw. Following that Money in the Bank, that's uh, July. Did I say June 1st? I meant July Uh, I think he said July. Yeah, and then July 30 announces I'm cashing in, Roman. I'm cashing in Friday night. At Madison Square Garden, July the 7th. Yeah. So that's probably going to take place earlier in the night. We saw Paul Heyman get interviewed by Kathy Kelly, and she asked him about Brock Lesnar. And again, Paul Heyman dodged the Brock Lesnar question. And all Mm -hmm. he did was speak about Kevin Owens and, and Solo Sokoa and their match later on. And, Makes you wonder. And it's even weirder. He didn't speak about Jimmy and Jay. Nothing. They had their match right then and there. The Usos picked up the victory over Alpha Academy. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird to see the Usos in like a, a comedy match like this. Uh, yeah. And for Alpha Academy to get in as much as they did and have the fans actually like behind them. I thought that was great. Yeah. I mean... I thought that this was a an awesome match, and I, I don't think there's any argument out there that the Usos are the best tag team right now, and I for think, the past few years. I think uh, there's definitely arguments that would come to that, but yeah. But uh, Alpha Academy had, I would say, the upper hand for a majority of this match. Yeah, but in the end, we saw Jay helped. To reverse the the chaos theory, and then they hit the one D, and then they lost. Nah. Well, next up, you had the number one contender match. One of the number one contender matches for the women's championship. You had Io Sky pick up the victory over Mia Yim and Piper Niven. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it was hard not to see Io Sky win this. But yeah, it's... but Bailey on the outside kind of. Didn't seem pleased with her not being in it. Yeah. But she was the one that got EO into the match, so it's like something's brewing there, obviously. Oh, yeah. There has to be something where they just turn on Bailey. I liked, um, or maybe it's just the draft that takes them out. It could be. The The one spot I liked big time was when EO whipped uh, Mia into the ropes, but she hit the suicide dive to Piper Niven. And then she went onto the apron and hit a springboard moonsault onto the outside to both of them. Yeah, that was a cool one. And then, uh, th- I mean, there were a lot of cool spots in this match. Mm-hmm. The Hurricane Rana from Io to Mio, Mio to Mia. Mio. <laughs> <laughs> that Piper lifted Io for. I thought that was cool. But yeah, Io Sky won with the. Uh, the moon salt onto both of them, and then she pinned Mia Yim. Yeah, and I think this is a match that Mia and Piper definitely needed. The fans seem to be behind it. Now but, we just need Candice to have a match like that. 
yeah. And I mean, this was all changed. I believe it was supposed to be. I forgot what the other match was supposed to be. There was a ton of matches that were scrapped because of travel difficulties, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, one of them was the women's matchup. I think Bailey was supposed to be in one of the matches. Um, that was scrapped. Riddle was supposed to be, take on The Miz, and that was scrapped. And it's weird because, but... like, I mean, last week I, I tweeted out saying that the Raw after WrestleMania felt like one of those half the roster's not here episodes. Mm-hmm. This one, it had some weird moments, but for the most part, it did not seem like half the roster was missing like it did last week. Yeah, I agree with you. Last week, it did feel like that, but this week, it really didn't. There was no prolonged period of time where, I mean, they they didn't have to show us the Andre the Giant tournament again, (laughs) which they have done in the past. And I thought thought this was uh, relatively, it's not like a Raw after WrestleMania good but no, it was a but, good normal episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and there was no prolonged. Um, Seth Rollins entrance again. Yeah, they did do the Rollins entrance. I think right. Well, last 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 week. week, last week. Yeah, this week they didn't really have anything in the ring that was really prolonged, though. You know, where it just stretched it out way too far. Everything was well timed and. Talking about well-timing, the main event of the evening, Solo Sokoa picking up the victory over Kevin Owens. Um, This was a good back-and-forth match, but then, of course, the Usos getting involved. I liked, uh, I think it was like earlier in the the match where Kevin Owens popped Jey Uso in the face outside Mm -hmm. the ring. But Kevin Owens, it was, I mean, you could say the Usos, but he also had a bad leg that came into play a bit. Yeah. But like you said, major factor here was the Usos. Yeah. And we saw the bloodline continue that attack afterwards, knowing that Sammy and Matt Riddle weren't there. They just continued to lay it out there. And then at the last second, Sammy Zayn and Matt Riddle showed up to the arena. <laughs> which all about all about timing. It's like it's kind of goofy, but they showed up at the very last minute and made the save. And uh I just thought it was good. Yeah, I agree with you. It got a really great reaction from the crowd as well. I thought it was solid. I thought it was really good. Uh, Moving over to NXT, that opened with Carmelo Hayes. Speaking about how last week was supposed to be about the respect between him and Braun Breaker. But he let his guard down and he's not letting it happen again. And then Dragon Lee interrupted, basically said that he wants to face the best and that he's going to be the one that wins the Fatal 4-Way and go on to spring break in to, to face Carmelo Hayes. J.D. McDonough interrupted, Grayson Waller interrupted, all leading to the main event. First match of the night, we saw Alba Fire and Isla Dawn successfully retain the Tag Team Championships against Fallon Henley and Kiana James. We saw Fallon Henley and Kiana James arguing before the match. And James wanted Fallon to win by any means necessary. She also said that Brooks opted to not be there because of Briggs and and Henley. He didn't want to be around them at that moment. And despite them fighting, they still worked well together as a team up to a certain point. Yeah. Brooks ended up coming out, and behind the referee's back, he tried to get Fallon to use the bag from Kiana James. 
and she refused it, and the referee turns around, kicks him from ringside. He gets pissed off and pushes Josh down. But that was yeah, pretty Josh, much the end of them. That was the end of the match where they, they lost because of that moment. And you got to say think that this is the end of all of that as well. I hope not. I mean, Maybe it seems it's, like it. it it's kind of similar with... Um, it was Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Uh-huh. They were like best friends. And then it was Duke Hudson who got kind of uh, involved. Mm-hmm. So it pitted Duke and Persia against Index. So it's <laughs> like not, not that Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley are a couple or something, but it's kind of similar yeah. I, okay. Where they randomly get pitted against each other, so mm-hmm. just from the opposite end, because it was Indy and Persia who were the tag team. Yeah. After that, we had the MVP awards ceremony, which was interrupted by Braun Breaker, and people booed him. He addressed the fatal four-way main event, and he said he doesn't. I don't need to be in that match. I don't need the approval of the NXT universe. Scumbags, according to him, by the way. So he is a full-fledged heel. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike last week where people were cheering still. One more time. But he then suggested that Duke Hudson be in the main event. And then he speared the heck out of Andre Chase, but and tore the flag as well. But... Got Duke Hudson yep. in the main event. But even still, that was a nice spear that he hit him with. Yeah. I thought that that spear was really good. And Hudson just grabbing that trophy and he darted, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't even stick around to try to defend him or anything. Uh, he just got that trophy and got out of there real quick. Which I feel like we'll see something from that next week. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be brought up about his loyalty, but, I mean, we saw, <coughs> excuse me, we saw at the pay-per-view his loyalty was questioned, and he chose to stay with Chase U. So, this is going to take place. Yeah, we had a vignette for Gigi Dolan where she was outside the house that she grew up in, and she addressed how JC knew her whole story, and she's not going to allow that to break her will. And she wants to have this story bloom into something beautiful. Just like the the rose tattoo on her forearm. Uh, Outside of the video, I would kind of wish that she would use Moon Creek, Georgia as her hometown in WWE. Mm -hmm. I'm almost certain it's a made up city, but I like that when she was Priscilla Kelly, that's where she was billed from. Okay. And I just think it's a unique place. I think it's cool. Nah. After that, we saw Eddie Thorpe pick up the victory over Javier Barnell. Really, the only highlight from this, which is unfortunate to say, was Damon Kemp watching. I don't feel like anything happened in this match. There's nothing like... Nothing screams like, Mm -hmm. oh, hell yeah, Eddie Thorpe has debuted. I'm still... I still need to see more of Eddie Thorpe. Yeah, and they're not giving it to us for some reason. 
Yeah, I don't know if they're expecting us to know him already. I don't but know. I, I, I'm not too sure. But next up, you had Tiffany Stratton take on and defeat Sol Ruka. I mean, this match was awesome. This match, I think uh, people were praising the most from NXT this week. Yeah. Even Super with them, athletic, as expected, but... Yeah, there was comparisons of them doing the Willow Spree ricochet flips. Oh, the I, spots I, I did where not they, see that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that where they were comparing them to that uh, aspect. You know the spot where they did yeah, the... Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's but cool overall, it was... Both, a, they're both homegrown talent. Yeah, it was an awesome match for the both of them. Yeah. After that, we saw Cora Jade come out and address Zoe Stark, Roxanne Perez, Gigi Dolan, Tiffany Stratton, and uh, Lyra Valkyria, as well as Indy Hartwell. Indy, I feel like, should have been on this episode, by the way, but she wasn't. Yeah. But Lyra came out and asked Cora Jade if she was jealous that the women's division went on just fine without her. And then basically threatened to... I guess take her out if she goes near the title. Yeah, she then, wants next. Yeah, she was just like, "Don't even look at the title. Don't go near it because it's mine." And it led to um, Cora Jade slapping Lyra Valkyria, but Lyra came out on top of that segment. Yeah, Lyra came out strong on top of that segment. Um, I'm. I guess this is going to be a match between them at some point, right? I believe it's announced for next week. Next week, there you go. Who do you think? I mean. I feel like it would be Cora J. Cora, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, backstage, we saw Wesley interviewed, and Drew Gulak showed up with Charlie Dempsey. And Gulak basically asked him how could he basically win his matches if he stayed grounded. And it sets up Wesley versus Charlie Dempsey for next week. I don't think that's going to be a stipulation. Mm-hmm. But that's like a complete like out of the WWE video game thing. Win your match without jumping off the top rope or something. Yeah. So as long as Charlie Dempsey's wrestling on TV, I'm fine. Nah, I agree with you. After that, Ilya Dragunov picked up the victory over Von Wagner. We got to see the impressive strength of Ilya Dragunov here. But... I would have been super surprised if he lost. The outcome of this is now Mr. Stone is not going to be with Von Wagner. I mean, I feel like odd with Van, Von Wagner because we've seen him hit um, not even close to his peak, but we've seen what he can do in destruction in the ring. Outside of the ring, we've seen him put on really good matches but it seems like he just hasn't had anything really light that fire of his career yet. And it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the end game is with Robert Stone. Does yeah, he that... find somebody else? I don't get the, like that aspect of it. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. We saw Dijak show up afterwards. He had a stare down with Dragonoff. Yeah. But... That that Robert Stone deal, I don't get it. Mm-mm. Earlier in the night, we saw Diamond Mind, where Ivy Nile was interviewed, basically just saying they're back together. The Creeds want the titles. 
The dyads want the dyad wants the want the titles. They're not released. Yeah, it's great to see the dyad uh, there after asking for their release and being granted their release. Uh, so very good to see them on TV. We did see Joe Coffey pick up the victory over Tank Ledger. Do you think that anything came of that? Like, do you think that like? I don't do you know. think that they I, actually I think asked? I, did I not say like? Hopefully, it turns into where they end up winning the tag team championships, or no? I don't know, I don't I know but I mean, it seems like maybe they did ask for their release, and they're like, "No, we're we're just going to actually use you." That's. I mean, that seems. I, I'm. I would say that they probably did ask for their release. I would agree with you. I feel like I could see them actually asking for it, and then WWE being like. No, we're just going to actually use you now. And I hope that they're not like bitter or pissed off or or upset that they weren't released. Yeah, I agree with you. Because I don't think that's good for, I guess, morale or whatever. Yeah, I agree. But this match, uh, Tank Ledger was not supposed to debut just yet. We had the, the vignette error last week for a few incoming talent. But... Uh, he was the first NIL signee, apparently. Mm-hmm. I know he's part of that first class. I don't know if he was actually the first one, but I thought it was a pretty good showing for him. I think he's been yeah, signed since 2021. Mm-hmm. But Vic Joseph said that he wants to follow in the footsteps of Big E, which I could kind of see like a similar comparison between the two of them. Being a collegiate athlete, collegiate athlete. And, mm-hmm. and such. He hit that cartwheel, which I would kind of say would probably remind us of Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Given I, his I size. Mean, yeah, I could see that. But after the that match, we saw the Diamond Mine come out, the Dyad came out, and they all brawled. And there's going to be a triple threat tag team match for the championships next week on NXT. Why it's not at spring break, and I have no idea. Nobody will ever know. Backstage, we saw the D'Angelo's talking, and Roxanne Perez walked up, and they offered her backup. And I guess she was having like a hard, tr- a hard time saying no. Basically, it seemed. But Zoe Stark interrupted that, and Roxanne said that she'll beat her next week. And then after they left the room, Pretty Deadly ended up jumping the D'Angelo's because the D'Angelo's jumped Pretty Deadly earlier in the night in the parking lot. Yeah, I mean, I was I was curious to hear what they were going to say to uh, Zoe Stark, but I was definitely uh, more interested in seeing Pretty Deadly get involved during this. You know, I think, I've said it before, I think Pretty Deadly have a very, very good future with the WWE, so really like this spot. I think as far as the draft goes, that's this could be the last thing we see them do in NXT. Oh, you, you think that Pretty Deadly could get the call? Yeah. Okay. I, hey, we need we need more tag teams. So yeah, why not? Also, with Triple H saying how like why like this will be like the the biggest draft ever. People are speculating maybe we'll see UFC talent involved. Yeah, I, it's a possibility. I think that I would be interesting to see, but I don't know if I yeah. necessarily could see it. Yeah, I could. That would be cool. But the main event of NXT this week saw Grayson Waller stealing a victory. 
to overdue cuts in uh, J.D. McDonough and Dragon Lee to become the number one con- contender. I mean, Dragon Lee was incredible in this. This entire match was fun. I didn't really get this match, though. Like, so? people, people just randomly declared themselves to be in this match. Hmm. I didn't get it. And Braun Breaker appointed Duke Hudson to be in the match. Like, nobody, like, I, I, as far as I can see, it was just, oh, this person is in this match. This person's in this match. And then, I didn't, I didn't. who was the, was it, uh, oh, well, Grayson Waller came out. I want to be in the match. It just didn't make sense to me. They yeah, can't find another I, way to, to find a number one contender. I could understand that. And it seems like everybody wanted Dragon Lee to win this match, but like I said before, Grayson Waller basically stole that victory, which I really don't need to see Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes. No. I mean, it, I guess it would be just be done to get Carmelo Hayes even further over as a face. Yeah, probably, because I would assume Grayson Waller is going to be somebody else called up or drafted. I mean, you get Hayes over Braun, who's now heel. You have him go off of Waller, who's heel. You're pretty much pushing Carmelo, Fa- uh, Carmelo, Face, Carmelo Hayes as the next big face over there. But I can see... I guess I can see Waller being called up. I mean, maybe that's why they're converting Braun Breaker into the next heel, because Waller is really that heel over there. So... That could be why. But yeah. What, when is the draft? Did they say? No. All right. People are speculating May. All right. I guess we'll have to we'll have to find out. But yeah. Yeah, that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. It kicked off with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sammy mentioned WrestleMania. Kevin Owens mentioned the draft, which is an update from a conversation that Dave and I had earlier. They actually announced that it starts in two weeks on SmackDown. But the Usos came out when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn spoke about them probably wanting a rematch. And Jimmy said that they're more dangerous now. Jay said that Sammy's going to be turning on Kevin Owens. Then we saw the bloodlines around the ring and Matt Riddle ran down to join the fight. That gets set up for a one-on-one match for the main event between Solo and Matt Riddle. The first match of the evening, though, saw Xavier Woods pick up the victory over LA Knight. Both of them cutting promos on social media and WWE edited them together to form a video package. I thought that was really cool. And it was a, a really good match to open the show. I liked LA Knight using Xavier Woods' trunks in front of the ref, and Jess was just not having it. She refused to count, but on the uh, she walked around, and Xavier Woods was able to roll up LA Knight and do the same exact thing. So, because she didn't see it, he was able to cheat and win and use what LA Knight tried on him to do to win. And I definitely wouldn't mind seeing more matches between the two of them, but backstage. Xavier Woods got into Gunther's face. So that sets up a match, I believe, for next week. After that, we saw the Judgment Day interviewed. Again, big heat for Dominic. This was about Santos Escobar and the LWO. And then Damian Priest went to the ring to actually speak about Bad Bunny. 
and they replayed the, the clip of him choke slamming him through the table a few times. Legato Del Fantasma showed up from behind and attacked them. I thought it was really funny that Zelina Vega actually showed up with the chocolate. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to actually do that, but I thought that was funny. Uh, but Damian Priest went on to defeat Santos Escobar. I feel like Ray should have been ringside with them. And I think Escobar needed this win. But even though Priest controlled the majority of this match, Escobar still had a lot of good offense in there. But the Judgment Day got involved, and I guess I should stop saying Legato. The LWO fought back, and it was a distraction from Rhea Ripley that ultimately... I mean, Zelina Vega was able to take out Rhea Ripley off of that, but it was um, the the distraction that was that that was necessary for Damian Priest to get that big victory. And Rey Mysterio ends up making the save after the match when Judgment Day went to continue the beatdown, and I don't really understand him not being with them ringside because if maybe he was there, maybe Santos Escobar would have had won the match. After that, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez had a championship celebration where it was interrupted by Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, and they spoke about how Liv Morgan didn't really beat the champions. Trish Stratus wasn't champion. And really, it just sets up a match between the two teams. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez were like, we're fighting champions. You want a shot? Boom. And then they attacked Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. So I'm looking forward to that match. I think that's going to be fun. After that, the match we saw was Shinsuke Nakamura make, Shinsuke Nakamura making his big return to WWE. Um, defeating Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss was being hyped up before the match by Emma. And it came off very heelish. And the match starts. Madcap's on fire. Quickly ends. The match was over before you knew it. And Madcap tried to attack Nakamura afterwards. Nakamura locked him in an armbar. And that basically ends that segment. But cut to backstage. Karrion Cross and Scarlett had, a, 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 I guess, their, their card gimmick for, for Nakamura. So that's going to be leading into the next feud for Shinsuke. Before the main event backstage, we saw... The Viking Raiders take out uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet completely. So I assume that'll get turned into a match. And before the main event, we saw Paul Heyman announce that he found out from Roman Reigns that in two weeks, the Usos will be getting their rematch for the Tag Team Championships. And the king and queen of the ring was changed to Knight of Champions in Saudi Arabia. So we know Sammy and Kevin don't go there. Maybe they will end up losing the titles then. So that'll be interesting to see that. I hope they don't because I feel like they shouldn't just lose them yet. But the main event saw Solo Sokoa pick up the victory over Matt Riddle. The Usos got involved behind the referee's back and the referees separated them from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn before both teams could really brawl or anything. And he kicked them both from ringside. And and the match continued. It was... I feel like more could have happened in the match. 
But it was still a hard-hitting uh, endeavor, I guess, from Solo Sokoa. The Usos did make their way back out, as did Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and the, the two teams brawled. And that attack allowed Solo Sokoa to get the upper hand and, and hit that Samoan spike and win the match. And he continued the attack afterwards. He buried Matt Riddle under the commentary table. And that was the end of SmackDown. So, going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 636. I, again, am here by myself this week. Chris, unfortunately, cannot make it. But I'm here to talk about all things AEW, starting off with AEW Rampage that took place last week. We saw Hook pick up the victory over Ethan Page in an FTW rules match to retain the FTW championship. I still don't really get why this took place. I I don't understand, like, if the firm exists, why were they not involved here? I feel like Stokely, Big Cass, Lee Moriarty, and the gun should have been pissed off at Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. But that didn't really come into play until much later. We saw 2.0 and the acclaimed take on Bobby Orlando, Carly Bravo, LSG, and Sean Dean, which I think we all knew the outcome of this, but I did not expect to see the Jericho Appreciation Society attack the acclaimed and Billy Gunn afterwards. That surprised me because they have been... I guess courting them for a few weeks now. After that, we saw Darby Allen pick up the victory over Lee Moriarty. The bigger story is the aftermath, where we saw Swerve Scott have an important announcement. It's that he's merged the Mogul affiliates with the embassy. So maybe Trench and Parker aren't coming back right now. And Brian Cage gets lost in the shuffle again. Maybe. We saw Julia Hart pick up the victory in the main event against Anna Jay. I, from this episode of Rampage, I really couldn't have even picked out a match that should have main evented. And I like both Anna Jay and Julia Hart, but this was just not good. Some of the spots I thought were good. The standing moonsault from Julia Hart was nice, but it just wasn't clicking. I like the ending with the mist. I thought that was a nice spot, but just a bunch of spots that just made it seem like they had no chemistry. And it led into Orange Cassidy's entrance and Julia Hart stared angrily at him. I thought that was a nice touch because we have best friends versus House of Black sometimes. So it played into that. We had AEW Battle of the Belt 6 afterwards taking place. Uh, first was Orange Cassidy defending the International Championship against Drillistico successfully. I liked Drillistico absolutely refusing Orange Cassidy of starting the match off with his gimmicks. We saw LFI and the best friends get into it. And they brawled away from ringside, which I liked. I thought Drillistico had a really nice sell on that orange punch. But afterwards, Malachi Black cut a promo 
via Titantron. And then Buddy Matthews challenged Orange Cassidy to put the championship on the line. And I I feel like I said this the other week. I, I don't understand why champions are feuding with other champions. We don't need that. Afterwards, we had Mark Briscoe seemingly accidentally join Triple J. Which, there was no follow-up on on Dynamite, but (laughs) I don't know where that's going to lead to. We saw RJ City have uh, mediation. Earlier on Rampage, we saw RJ try to uh, mediate between Jade and Taya. And Jade was annoyed that the mediation was even happening. And Taya said that the move was was used way before Jade Cargill was even in the business. And it ended with Taya Valkyrie and Smart Mark in each other's faces. Cut to the match on Battle of the Belts. We see Jade Cargill pick up the victory and successfully retain the TBS Championship against Billy Starks, who has been rumored to sign with AEW. Um, obviously, it would have been a really nice surprise if if... Billy Starks went over, but it seems like Ty Valkyrie is going to be that person who dethrones Jade. I think Billy Starks might have been Jade's craziest opponent yet. And super hard hitting. Like, she just doesn't care. Like, there's a lot of reckless things that she does, but it comes off as ruthless. So, I'm uh, I'm hoping she is signed because I'm a fan of Billy Starks. Afterwards, we saw Taya Valkyrie and Jade Cargill fight, but Jade escaped right before Taya could hit that road to Valhalla. And again, there was no follow-up with this on Dynamite, so it makes me think that Taya Valkyrie is a Rampage exclusive. Uh, match after that, Lucha Bros picked up the victory over Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall to retain the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. The first contenders to the new Ring of Honor tag team titles are QTV. It doesn't seem like these titles are going in the right direction based off that one match. Hobbs destroyed Penta and Phoenix in separate singles matches. So hopefully this is the end of them. And I right now just feel like QT Marshall's holding Powerhouse Hobbs back because I don't think QTV does anything for him. I don't think the factory does anything for him. So that's just my two cents. Moving over to Dynamite, it opened up with Darby Allen picking up the victory over Swerve. Uh, the Pillars were backstage watching this. I think a lot of the match took place outside of the ring and I don't like that I think they went outside maybe four times during this one match and I think this match went on way too long but the embassy got involved Darby Allen was still able to win we saw Swerve kicked out of the code red and then immediately succumbs to Darby Allen's stupid pin finisher and I think Swerve needed this victory he's he's literally coming off of rebuilding the mogul affiliates now as the, the mogul embassy. It's him who needed the victory. Afterwards, MJF came out and basically just said that Darby's not on his level. And 
Darby spoke about how he thought being on TV and, and everything would make him happy, but it still didn't make him happy. It allowed him to give back to people. It allowed him to, to buy stuff, uh, I believe, ha- uh, buy a house for his father. But this was about depression. Jungle Boy cut a very similar promo about being depressed a few weeks ago. Uh, and MJF said that everyone's problems uh, in wrestling are, are normal problems. Everybody's got problems. But all MJF cares about is the championship and being champion. And the other other pillars do not care about that. We saw Sting come out, basically said he's not a daycare for Darby. He is, in fact, a cheerleader. And then he proceeds to throw a bunch of pom-poms at MJF. He brings up Cody and how Cody Rhodes was a cheerleader for MJF, but now he's in WWE. And you flash back to Surfer Sting. Ric Flair was his cheerleader. He shouted out, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and basically said that Darby Allen's going to be champion and he'll be Darby's cheerleader. A lot of people are like, oh my God, this is a great promo from Sting. I thought it was awful. Afterwards, powerhouse Hobbs picked up the victory over Silas Young to retain that championship over before it started. And then Wardlow came out. He took a, he didn't come out. He was backstage or whatever in the parking lot. Took a a pipe to Hobbs' car. And then he took a forklift and dumped it over. And then Hobbs went to powerbomb Silas Young off the stage. But Wardlow's music hit, so he let him go. They brawled a bit, him and Wardlow. And Wardlow ends up powerbombing Aaron Solo off the stage through the table. At one point when Silas Young debuted in AEW, we were extremely happy. And then they do stuff like that. Backstage, we saw a video for from uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson basically just announcing that the Bullet Club Gold is a thing. Maybe they did this because David Finley trashed Jay White's debut the other week and said that all forms of Bullet Club aren't Bullet Club unless I say so. So, again, it would be a lot better if we were seeing Finley involved here. And I don't know if it's going to eventually maybe lead to maybe a Jay White versus David Finley thing. I don't know. Orange Cassidy picked up the victory over Buddy Matthews to retain that championship. Orange Cassidy hit an orange punch pretty soon in the, pretty close to the start of the match and had to get his hand checked out, which Buddy stomped on. I thought the the DDT attempts from Orange Cassidy were nice. The, The one on the apron, he didn't hit. He went on to hit the beach break, but he went on and hit a few DDTs. He hit one from the middle rope. Then a suicide DDT to the outside. And then another one off the top rope. I thought that was a cool uh, sequence of moves. And then, like Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy hit a pin as a finisher. And I just, I didn't get that. And like I said with Rampage, why we didn't need this match. Champions shouldn't be facing champions like that. 
We saw the best friends. They won a title shot against Aussie Open for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. That gets made for Rampage this week. Backstage, there was a promo between Christian and Luchasaurus where Christian was just like, some things have changed. That's it. What things? We have no idea. After that, you cut to the ring. Ethan Page is out there needing to know why Matt Hardy did what he did. And it turned out the contract had said that if Hook defeated Ethan Page, then Matt Hardy and Private Party were no longer under the dominion of the firm. And the firm end up attacking Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. Hook tried to make the save, but he also got taken out. And then Jeff Hardy returned with a steel chair in hands. He didn't taunt. Fantastic. (laughs) And uh, he cleaned house. And I think he looked better than he did when he debuted in AEW. His swanton looked smoother, so... I'm hoping this is like another good run from Jeff Hardy. I think he looked good. So hopefully in matches, it lives up to that. I'm always a fan of Jeff Hardy. So hopefully, hopefully nothing bad happens. After that, Kenny Omega did uh, a video, an update on everyone saying it'll be much worse than blood for blood. Also saying that nobody was there. And then you lead into a match where you see the Blackpool Combat Club pick up the victory over Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. Dumb that we had to see this match to begin with. Dumb that it went on as long as it did. And then you cut to afterwards where John Moxley is making fun of the elite for being at the hospital. Claiming that they are the ones that put the E, the elite in... AEW, and Kenny Omega shows up, literally has a promo, we're not here tonight, and then he's there, you have the Bucks show up from behind, they attack them, I thought it was so dumb, they let all the carnage happen to Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler, gushing blood during the match, and they're like, eh, we'll, we'll show up afterwards, they don't need us, and where's Brian Danielson, we, we just spoke about it. Brian Danielson, he ma- he makes his big triumphant return and stands with the Blackpool Combat Club. He's nowhere to be found again. I don't see how that makes any sense. Match after that, you see the Outcast pick up the victory over Riho and Sky Blue. Sky Blue now, I believe, is 0-4 against the Outcasts, which makes me so annoyed with all of it. I wanted so much when Soraya returned to wrestling and this has just not been it at all. Why would anyone care about who the outcasts are are performing against? Why would they care about their opponents? It doesn't make any sense, but after the match, the outcasts continue to beat down. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker run out to brawl and make the save, which it feels like that's a weekly occurrence. I don't think anybody comes out of this storyline looking good. It's just the same thing over and over again. We want more for the women's division. Let's do more for the women's division. And then it's Groundhog's Day over and over and over and over again. It's the same exact thing. There's no reason why Sky Blue is 0-4 against the Outcasts in the same storyline. That makes no sense. Riho might be like 0-2 at this point. 
I don't get it. After that, the main event, we saw Chris Jericho pick up the victory over Keith Lee. Daniel Garcia got involved a few times, and I think by the third time, it just made the referee look bad. And I don't think that's right. I think once could have been enough. Swerve came out, as I expected him to do, and he knocked out Keith Lee. And I think I said a few weeks ago, when Keith Lee was tagging with Dustin Rhodes against Swerve and Parker, that it didn't seem like it was what it should have been between the two of them. Like, it wasn't a bad blood sort of feud in that match, and I didn't like that then. They're dragging it on. I'm over this feud at this point. It's been on and off since maybe May. Since they started tagging together, it's been like, will they, won't they? And then they won the titles, and it was still, will they, won't they? It just doesn't make any sense at that point. So now we still have Keith Lee versus Swerve. And Swerve earlier in the night, we don't know who is in the Mogul Embassy. We don't know if it's going to keep growing. We don't know what's stacked up against Keith Lee here. And then afterwards, we saw Adam Cole came out, pick Keith Lee up, and then do what Chris Jericho did to him, but to Jericho, where he like half turns his head, doesn't actually look back, but it signals that they're going to have a match between each other. And now everybody points that it looks like Adam Cole was Keith Lee's manager, which is something WWE pitched and people went nuts over in a bad way. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but it was comical that it was pointed out. That's AEW Dynamite. I know that was a lot of complaining, but there were just so many things that I just didn't feel like were necessary in the programming this week. Even you have FTR, they they with the tag team championships, they signed contracts apparently. Where were they? Why were they not on TV? How do you have that happen? And they're not, they're like immediately, that's already, where are they? We shouldn't have to wait to rampage if that's going to be a thing. That just doesn't make sense. But I can say at least one positive thing, we have Jeff Hardy back. And I'm happy to see that. I think the Hardy boys have a lot left in them. And I hope everybody in that situation stays very healthy. So, like I said, that's Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hello there, it's Randy Newman, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts, because you got some shoutouts from Brandon. The first shoutout goes to Unstable which is a new show on Netflix starring Rob Lowe and his son, John Owen. Uh, Rob plays a CEO of a high-tech biotechnology company. And I hope it gets picked up for another season because I think there's a lot of story left to, to do. It's a comedy. Okay. I think it's funny. All right. Up next after that, going to give a shout-out to Jury Duty, which is a n- another new show. It's on Amazon Freebie which took me almost forever to find how the actual hell to watch <laughs> Freebie. I'm sitting there. I thought it was going to be on uh, Freeform. I'm sitting there watching all over, looking all over the uh, 
the channel guy looking for jury duty. It's not popping up. And finally, I saw it was Amazon Freebie. It's apparently just on Amazon. You can watch it even if you don't have Amazon Prime. It just oh, it that's run, cool. it's a show that that runs with with ads. Okay, which sucks because I hate ads. Uh, but it's like the Joe Schmo show. Do you remember that show, <laughs> Jude? How do I, me and you always talk about it? So it's like the it's, Joe it's, Schmo show. For those that don't know, Joe Schmo is the I, I think one of the best reality shows. <laughs> that were ever put together yeah it's the whole cast is actors except for the one guy who doesn't know (laughs) and that's this exact same show except they're doing jury duty Uh uh-huh and uh he obviously thinks everything's real even james marsden's on the show as himself wait is this like an actual like reality show Uh, like is it again i don't know yeah i guess it would be called a reality show yeah huh that's interesting. So it's not like in, the only actors are everybody but this one guy, and this one guy is thinking that he's actually on jury duty. Yeah. How does one? How does <laughs> which makes get no like, sense? Like, how stupid do you have to be to believe that they're doing a show called like uh, about jury duty? Like, is that is he uh, like is that a on thing? jury duty? What is he actually on jury duty in it? Technically, yeah. That has to be some sort of illegal to to. Have some fraud of pretending that to tell somebody that they're on jury duty. I don't know. And it's cool. It's like it works so well because in a scenario like this, you're not allowed to have your phones. That's true. So technically, they're able to feed the guy absolutely anything that they want, and he wouldn't know any different. That's funny. Which I think is hilarious. Was there anything with Joe Schmo, like any famous people that we recognize? Um, I feel like there's a name or a face that stands out to me, but I can't remember anymore. Yeah, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, though. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't know Joe Schmo, definitely check out that show. And Jerry Duty. Something with an N. Natasha Leggero was one of them. Kristen Wiig was on it. Kristen Wiig? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I only know season one. Well. S- season two I never got into. But um, yeah, I the stuff between like this. There's clips going around TikTok. I think that's mm-hmm. where the the show is definitely getting the most like reactions and stuff. But it's just funny that James Marsden's on it as, as himself, and then the guy realizes who it is. Mm-hmm. So, if you like the Joe Schmo show, or if you like the idea of something like that, it's on Amazon Freebie. Just go to. I guess Amazon and type in jury duty and then it's yeah. there in the United States only, I believe with ads. Uh, last shout out is going to Michael Lerner who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 81. He had so many roles in movies and TV shows. He was nominated for an Academy award for his role in Barton Fink, which was kind of a wrestling movie. Where Michael Lerner, he, he played a producer, and he tasked John Turturro's character to write a movie about a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. He was also a producer in Glee, where he produced Funny Girl on Broadway, which is kind of funny, because Liam Michelle ended up actually playing that part on Broadway in real life. He was in the first season of Clueless as Cher's father. He was the senator in X-Men Days of Future Past. 
Bitterman in uh, Blank Check. That was a good movie as a child, I remember. Blank Check, Blank Check. Where the kid, he gets his bike run over by gangsters, and then they ride Oh, I remember. Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of remember him in the limousine. Yeah. And uh, even though it was only one episode of Entourage, I think he was a major plot point when it came down to Vince doing Medellin. Because, like... The, the he wanted to play Pablo Escobar for a long time and it kept like he had it and then didn't have it a, a couple times Michael Lerner's character wanted to make a movie based on the Matterhorn and said that he would do Medellin if Vince did Matterhorn and then Vince he was like no I just want to do Medellin and he was willing to put absolutely everything into it to to do the role. And at the end of the day, Lerner was like, "I hope." I, I've I was I've seen stuff like this back in the day with so and so. I'm I'm not gonna bid on it. It's yours. So Vince got it. The movie would end up being a failure, but Michael Lerner's character basically helped set up the whole fourth season of Entourage. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate that he passed away. Look him up. Go watch some of his movies. I'm sure they're all over Netflix and uh, yeah. other Who is he in Elf services. again? On Elf? I never saw Elf. You've never seen but, Elf? No, I don't like Will Ferrell. Ah. But I know he was in Elf. Yeah. I also learned that his brother and nephew are on the Goldbergs. And I didn't even know that his nephew and father, uh, his nephew and brother were like a, a shoot father-son pairing. I didn't even know that. That's one of your uh, your faves. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, the Goldbergs is a great show. Yeah. But uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our, our... That is right, our mark out moment of the week. What do you got? Ooh. Um, for me, I'm going to say that my mark out moment of the week was the finale of Monday Night Raw. The, the rundown. Finale. The finale. Uh, Riddle and Sami Zayn coming out to make the save on Kevin Owens. I was excited by this. I thought this was awesome. I love that they just started brawling at the at the ramp with the Usos leading up into Solo Sokoa. Um I totally marked out for this. I marked out for Riddle somehow running trying to run full speed in sandals. That was pretty entertaining as well. I know you also you? marked out for New York City, didn't you? I did mark out for New York City, yes. I went to the Cantina rooftop uh, which is in Hell's Kitchen, and definitely very delicious food there. Um, a lot of great dancing, great was, drinks. Was there a cover? No cover. Uh, just make reservations. No, I mean um, you said it was on a rooftop. Was there like? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, that's a good they, joke. So though. they had. So me and my friends, we had reservations in the garden. Which is in not outside, but then they do have reservations that are available for the rooftop. Uh, because it was a little bit windy, we decided to stay where we were instead of going to the rooftop. Um, so, loved it. Definitely check it out. 
What about you? Uh, I thought watching the uh, WWE on A&E, the biography of Dusty Rhodes, I liked. Because in the, in the commercial for it, we didn't see Dustin Rhodes. Mm. So it was nice to see Goldust in that biography. They had Dusty's brother on it, too, which I didn't even know he had a brother. Huh. In, my, in my memory, at least, I don't think I knew. And he doesn't sound or look anything like Dusty, which I thought was crazy. They also, That's... at one point, mentioned in the biography that Dusty Rhodes had been scouted by the Mets. What? Which I had no clue about. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. He had been scouted to play baseball for the Mets. I was like, what? That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Huh. But that's really, that's my markout moment of the week. Nice, We got nice. baseball season back. I know the the Rangers are in the playoffs, right? Yeah, Rangers and the Knicks are in the playoffs right now. Oh, wow. That's like a concert goer's worst nightmare. <laughs> that truly yeah. is. When I, when I went to see Carol King and James Taylor, I had tickets where the date could tentatively change because the Knicks... And back back in 2000, I want to say 2010, it was like, oh, there's no way they were making playoffs. But now, why are the playoffs right now for them? That's usually normal, I believe. But what's June? I believe that's normal. No, not that late. For for basketball, yeah, that's what the concert was. It was in June. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I I thought the NBA playoffs were in. Maybe they changed it. Yeah, maybe they adjusted it. Or maybe but. what comes after playoffs? Is it just only playoffs? Golf? No, I mean like the actual. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no. no, the playoffs last. The, the, the I went and looked up 2010. It was April 17th to June 17th. Oh, so there you go. It, it's two months of playoffs. <laughs> Plus, I guess, the, the finals. I guess it makes sense because each series is four, is like four games usually, I think. Uh, I don't know about that. It says first round. First round, it's, it's not three it games. Uh, it well for who? I don't know. Take it home. <laughs> <laughs> that was marking out. The Lakers won that year, by the way. Boom. Marking out episode six thirty six. Follow us on Twitter at marking out. BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram. Chris Sweendog on Twitter. CM Sweeney85 on Instagram. David PTDPT on both. That was difficult for some reason. Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, which is also our Instagram. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Follow us at MarkingOut on TikTok. Listen to us, subscribe to us, write reviews, rate us, etc. on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and you can listen to us on MarkingOut.com as well. And we wish you the... The... Best of luck in your future endeavors.